Welcome to the Achievable FINRA podcast. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have affordable courses for the FINRA SIE, Series 6, Series 7, 63, 65, and 66 exams with industry best pass rates. Each Achievable course includes everything you need to pass the first time. A full textbook, videos on key topics, thousands of questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get you 10% off at checkout. This podcast was made from a video by Achievable's FINRA course author, Brandon Rith. If you'd like to have the visual aid of a video, please go to Achievable's YouTube channel and search for the video by the same name. Let's take a look at a real-world version of Form ADV Part 2B, also known as the brochure supplement, so that we can better understand what these actually look like and to build some context to make it a little easier to remember this material for the exam. Earlier in this achievable chapter, we took a look at Intelligent Investing's Form ADV Part 2A, also known as the brochure. And now we're gonna look at their brochure supplement. Intelligent Investing is a one-person investment advisor firm out of Loveland, Colorado. We're only going to see one person named in this brochure supplement because of the status of the company. It's just one person again. All right, let's go ahead and put it up on the screen. Here's the title page. Not too much information here, just gives Brian Joyce's name, who is the individual who runs this business and the fact that he's an investment advisor representative for intelligent investing. Let's go ahead and move on from this to dive a little bit further in. Item two is educational background and business experience. We have Brian's information at the top of this, but let's dive into the education. Education background is something that is disclosed by investment advisor representatives on this form. Looks like Brian obtained a degree in accounting and information systems accounting from the University of Massachusetts in 2001. Cool. We have his educational background. Beyond that, it also goes into designations. And the first one is a really common designation in the securities field. That is a CFP, also known as a Certified Financial Planner designation. Although the CFP is not required to work in this part of the industry, a lot of investment advisor representatives obtain the CFP to add another layer of legitimacy to what they do. It's not an easy thing to get. There's a lot of studying, usually takes at least a year, if not longer, to go through the process of the CFP. You take a bunch of classes, pass a bunch of tests, but once you get through that process, you can utilize this as a designation and say, hey, I'm a certified financial planner. If we go on to the next page, Brian is also a CPA. He's a certified public accountant. This is another tough designation to obtain. And basically this allows Brian to act as an accountant, his second designation he lists out here. Underneath the CPA stuff here, we see business background. And it looks like he's worked for two firms in the past. Uh, in 2005, he was a financial planner for High Sight LLC, and that looks like that lasted until early 2017. And around early 2017, it seems like he founded Intelligent Investing himself. He is not only a managing member, but the chief compliance officer. So basically he runs the business. He also makes sure it's compliant with all relevant securities rules and regulations. Uh, that's a big job to fill, but he does basically both roles, gives advice and makes sure he's compliant with laws and regulations. Item number three here, which starts in the bottom of one page and ends at the top of the following page is disciplinary information. This would be any criminal, any civil, or any regulatory event where there was some kind of ruling against him that would be required to disclose to his clients. But good news for Brian, 
He has no history of any kind of disciplinary actions, and he puts out there, hey, there are no legal or disciplinary events that are material to the client or prospective client's evaluation of the advisory business. Item four is other business activities, or what we a lot of times call in the industry OBAs. This would be any instance of the investment advisor representative making money typically through a form of employment that is not related to the securities firm. So for example, if I drive Uber on the weekend, I would have to list that in my OBA section on the brochure supplement. Now, Brian is an accountant. And yes, that's kind of related to giving financial advice, but technically accounting is just a different part of finance. And this is another way that he makes income outside of just giving advice on securities. And also he discloses this is a potential conflict of interest. If he is giving investment advice, he might have the incentive to recommend his accounting services alongside that investment advice, which may or may not be in the best interest of the client. I'm sure it is, but it's important for him to disclose that and vice versa. If he's doing your taxes and he starts recommending his financial planning services to you, that also provides him an incentive to make recommendations that might put extra money in his pocket and possibly isn't in the client's best interest. But the point is he's disclosing this, letting you know, hey, I do accounting and sometimes I might recommend you to my tax preparation services. As long as those conflicts of interest are disclosed, we're good to go for the most part. Item number five, which is additional compensation, would be any instance of receiving money other than just from your clients for the services you provide them. For example, if I recommend Oppenheimer funds to my clients, and oh yeah, by the way, on the side, Oppenheimer is paying me to recommend their funds to my clients. That would be a form of additional compensation. Now, Brian here discloses, hey, he doesn't receive any economic benefit from any person, company, or organization other than intelligent investing in exchange for providing client advisory services. Another way of saying, hey, my clients pay me to give them investment advice. I don't have any other third parties paying me behind the scenes that I need to let you know about. That, of course, would be a conflict of interest that must be disclosed, but hey, Brian doesn't have to disclose it because it doesn't exist in his practice. The last part of Form ADV Part 2B that we'll at least point out here is a supervision section. That's item six. And this just basically goes over who supervises Brian. Now, the interesting thing is that he runs a one-person business. So technically, he can supervise himself, which I know sounds a little funky, a little weird, but the reality is that he is responsible for making sure that he's compliant with the rules and regulations. If for whatever reason he's not following the proper rules or regulations, he could really get in double trouble, not only as a supervisor and failing to supervise employees, but also as a representative potentially performing unethical actions. Of course, I'm not saying that there's anything happening behind the scenes. Seems like Brian runs a great ethical practice from what I can see. I have no endorsement for or against him. I just found his brochure randomly on the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure Forum on the SEC's website, and I just wanted to show you a real-world example of what this looks like.